Welcome to the Black Women Unfiltered podcast, a podcast that explores the unfiltered journeys of Black women in discovering their purpose, owning their truth, and embracing their path of self-growth. This podcast encourages Black women to use their voices to reflect on their life experiences and expound on their truths that shape them into the woman they are now. This is Black Women Unfiltered, and I'm your host, Whitney Sam. Today in the guest chair, we have Kanani Young. Kanani Young, who goes by Nani, started her event management and coordinating experience as a special events coordinator at one of the largest wedding and conference centers in San Diego, California. After years of experience with weddings and special events, a need for a coordinator was one problem for clients she wanted to help resolve from a venue standpoint. Once discovering the love for weddings, people, and event coordinating, Nani's Events was born in May of 2011. Since then, Nani's Events has expanded coordinating service to the state of Arizona, established a banquet hall in La Mesa, California, and recently added another company under the corporation called Marry Me SD, a company that provides beautiful proposal setups with marquee letters and decor. The future of Nani's events is to establish an all-inclusive luxury venue in San Diego, California, in hopes of employing her family to pass down for generations to come. Let's welcome Nani to the chair. Hi, Nani. I'm so happy to have you in the chair and excited to hear your story about making a transition from HR payroll to entrepreneur in event planning and wedding coordinating. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. For the listeners, Nani was actually my wedding planner. Um, I hired her after I fired another one. So uh, so glad. Um, I used to work with her sister um, like a year ago. I think I've been gone a year now. And so when I hired her, I was just so happy, so relieved. (laughs) So can you tell us a little about yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So, you know, I am a San Diego native, uh, wedding planner, event planner, coordinator, entrepreneur. Um, I plan weddings, proposals, special events, um, and then I'm also the founder of a small banquet hall here um, in La Mesa, San Diego, but La Mesa, um, called Hidden Gem La Mesa. Um, I have been an entrepreneur since uh, maybe 2008, um, but I actually birthed uh, Nani Events 2000, July of 2011. Um, which July of this year is actually my 10 years um, in business as Nani Events. Woohoo. Yeah, 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 yeah. So how did you get into event planning? Um, I, I'm, I'm going to try my hardest not to give a very cliche answer, something that you would just Google, you know, and it's like, what, what was I thinking today? Um, I honestly feel that it just happened. Um, I have always been, I'm I'm the youngest of five siblings. So I was always that person. I have no clue why I was that one person, one sibling out of all the children. Uh, I threw a paper party, toilet paper party, whatever I had available. And we didn't have a lot, you know, we didn't have crayons and things like that. We just had paper, whatever was there. I always threw a party 
every single year. And I had five siblings. Did I, did I say that? Five siblings. So five parties, anniversary parties for my parents. I was the party planner as a kid. And I'm talking seven, eight years old. I even have a picture I'll have to share with you. But um, <laughs> I feel like it's always been a thing for me. Um, but I just, I didn't know any other planners. I've never heard of an actual planner in real life. So I just didn't think, um, I didn't think it was something you could actually do. I didn't think it was realistic. Um, and so one day, um, maybe in my 20s, I'm 35 now, so I think around, I don't know, 21-ish, um, I was actually um, doing nightclub promotions. And I did a Comic-Con party with Ludacris. I did Ludacris's first um, Comic-Con party for him to um, basically be entered into the animations. And while I was at that party, I was in a relationship at the time. And I just remember my boyfriend being like, you know, I just hate that you're out all the time. You know, you're at nightclubs. And, you know, even though it's an event still, it's just, you know, it's kind of out. And I was a mom at the time. And so after that event, I remember talking to Samuel L. Jackson and he asked me, he's like, you know, how does it feel to be the planner of the night? And I was like, well, my boyfriend's mad at me, you know, and, you know, it's, 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 it's okay. And so um, I just remember thinking like, man, you know, I need to find something that has a better balance where I can still be around people and I can still do events and I can um, execute this this creative vision that I have in my mind. And I was kind of Googling around and I saw um, a position open for a wedding venue conference center here in San Diego. And so I did it. And once I did that, um, we were only booking the rooms at the time. And people would come in, you know, to book a space for their wedding and they didn't have an event planner. And all we could do is just rent the space. And so I just remember a client saying, hey, you should try it. You you could do my wedding. And I was like, are you sure? She's like, yeah, just try it. See what you think. You know, we'll go over a checklist. I'm like, OK, let's try it. And she literally let me plan our wedding within, I think it was like four months away. Um, and it was fun. It was great. It was beautiful. It was like that, that something that has always been missing, but it was so structured and it was so grown up and adult. Like again, as a kid, I just didn't think that there was a job that allowed you to do that. And from that moment, that was in 2010, um, that is when I started, you know, kind of just doing weddings for free. You know, I did the first two for free and then, you know, charging very low, um, in the beginning and I just stuck with it. That's an interesting story. I didn't know you talked to Samuel L. Jackson. I, you know what? It's just one. Of, you know, it's one of those things. You just, you know, it happened, and you're like, yeah, cool, it happened, but <laughs> random, yeah. <laughs> so, how was it balancing um, working and doing weddings on the side? I will be very honest with you. Um, balance is not something for me. Not, not for all for me. Balance is not something that came with me. So of course I said, oh yeah, wedding planning came to me. It was great. Well, balance didn't. So I had to figure it out. Um, in the very beginning of my job, um, I was like calling out for work whenever I had an event. I'm, you know, sick two weeks in advance. Um, whatever I could do to ensure that um, I could do both, I did. Um, but I wasn't getting sleep. I was missing field trips for my kids because I could, I didn't have the time off because I used my time off for events. Um, and you know, I, I think after like three, three to five years, it took me a while. Um, one day I was listening to a podcast. I can't remember which one it was. I was listening to a podcast and it was talking about balance and how mm -hmm. to um, maintain your personal life and your work life, especially specifically for entrepreneurs. And it talked about how um, if you have a nine to five, you should be working your um, business at the same time. And it talked a lot about how 
you know, if you're putting in eight hours to your nine to five, you should be putting in at least nine to five, you know, or five to whatever time you feel like it for your business. And so I actually started um, getting my work done at my job super early because I've mastered this job. I was there, you know, um, eight years at the time. And um, I just learned to do my job a little quicker. I learned how to get the reports out a day early, earlier. Um, and I started working on my business during the day. I was taking inquiries for my regular job and my business at the same time. And eventually I learned how to blend the two, um, but still performing well at both. That didn't stress you out. I'm trying to do that now. <laughs> no, you know, so it's, it's just one of those things. Um, if it was my first year or two there, it was really hard. But once I got my job down, of course, every time a promotion came up, like I think when I started, there, I was like a payroll admin. And then by the time I left, I was like the corporate payroll manager. Um, but in the very beginning, it was really stressful because I could only do my job nine to five. Um, but once I learned it, it was like, okay, cool. And then on my lunch breaks, I did all of my email inquiries, social media messages, all of that stuff I did before work on my lunch break, even a 15 minute break, I would do consults and just say, Hey, you know, I do have 15 minutes for you. What are we thinking? How can I help you? And I just, I just did both. I even napped during my lunch breaks. If I had an event late, I napped during my lunch break. But any break that you have, any lunch breaks that you have, if you ever get off work early, um, those are the times to do it. And just setting your schedule. Um, naturally, I set all of my consults, venue visits, and things like that. I set them on my slow days when I can leave work early, and I set them um, after hours. So a lot of evening appointments. Oh, wow. How'd you balance that in mommyhood? And that's the thing I didn't. Um, I had my my oldest son is 15, turning 16. My 10 year old is turning 11 soon. And then I have a, a new fresh baby that is one. And I just started really feeling it one day. Um, I think I was idle one weekend. I didn't have any events. And I was just sitting thinking about um, spelling bees, um, field trips that I had missed. My son is 15, almost 16 years old. He's a sophomore in high school. I've been to three field trips. I have worked since he's been born. Um, even mm -hmm. when I birthed him, I was a dental assistant at the time. And I literally went home on my lunch breaks to the babysitter and nursed him and went back to work. At, I think he was like two months old. So I've always worked since I was 18. Um, never been on field trips and things like that. And so just one day I thought about that. I cried about it. And I talked to my husband one day and I was telling him like, hey, you know, I'm missing field trips. I don't even get to decorate. You know, I don't even get to go to my kids' um, lunchtime, uh, little lunchtime celebrations, you know, on their birthdays at school because mm -hmm. I just can't get the time off. And so that's where this discussion of, you know, maybe it's time to put my money where my mouth is. Um, am I making enough income with my business um, to basically quit my job and just do it full time? And that's where that came from. Um, what's more important? Not, not that my kids were never important, but at this point in my life, am I financially stable where I can make that decision? And that's where I just started that really nice balance maybe two years ago. So you left your job two years ago. What was it like leaving your full-time job and stepping out on faith to become a full-time entrepreneur? Whitney, it is the most scariest thing you could ever imagine. Being a mom, um, being a single mom, um, I was a single mom seven years before I met my husband. 
and I was scared. Um, I remember telling my best friend every day I was calling him complaining about my job. Um, mm-hmm. I was in the corporate office. I was the only you know, minority. Um, I was the only younger um, employee there. I worked with the VP, vice president, the president, the C- I mean, all the big wigs. And mm-hmm. I was the only person of color and the only younger woman. Um, and Oh yeah, I just always complain. Like I, my job title is this, but I'm doing reports for this person. I'm fixing things for this person. And my best friend said, "Well, what are you scared of? Quit." And I'm like, "No, it's not that easy. You know, I can't. You just you can't just quit your job." And he's like, "Well, why not?" And I was like, "Because you just can't. I don't know why. I didn't have a reason. You just can't. You know, the way my mind is programmed. My parents have always said, "You work, you work, you work. You go to work. You provide for your family. You work." Um, and being a single parent, you know that your job is your security blanket to an extent, right? To an extent. Um, It is a security blanket. It's um, health benefits. It gives you some weird false sense of security. They could fire you tomorrow if they wanted to, but in your mind, this is a security blanket for you. Um, And so I just kept thinking about it and I was like, wait a minute, we have to talk dollars here. We can't talk emotion. It has to be logic and and finances. So I looked at my financial situation at the time and what I've realized is that I was paying phone bills for people. When I can say friends or family, we'll just say people. Um, I was paying rent for people. Um, I'm helping pay just XYZ, $2,500 loans to people. I'm just, you know, cutting myself short in every way that I could think of. And it's like, wait a minute, if I can pay this person's rent and pay this person's cell phone bill, and I can help this person with $2,500 towards this, something's something's not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm missing something here. And mm-hmm. so my husband said, well, how about this? He's like, if you make, you know, at least X amount of dollars in your business, quit. <laughs> Our bills are taken care of, you know, why not? And I was like, wait, are you sure? Are you serious? Like, yeah, just, I mean, if, if, if the bills are paid, do what you got to do. And I was like, huh. And again, I've never had, you know, I didn't have a husband before. I'm used to being a single parent. So it was like, huh, nah, no, nah, maybe I could do it. And you know what? My, my job ended up giving me a promotion. This, this, they threw a promotion at me and I was like, oh my gosh, this was, I don't know. Maybe this was like a sign. Like, no, just stay a little longer. You need to stay. Mm-hmm. And once we had the meeting three days later about what this promotion entails, um, it was changing my schedule. At the time I was working three days at home, two days in office, which were half-time, part-time days, mm-hmm. um, this new position that they were getting, or this, this new promotion they were giving me, I would be working Monday through Friday. And, and this was in Mira Mesa. It's like 35 minutes from my house. Um, Monday through Friday. And I would be working from eight in, the, 8 in the morning until 5 p.m. Again, my commute in the evening was like 45 minutes to an hour. If I'm getting off at five, kids got to be picked up from their after-school program by six. I was like, yeah, this doesn't sound like something that's going to benefit me or my family. And so I asked if I could have some time to think about it. And they were like, nope, this will be starting Monday. And this was Wednesday. And they were saying on Monday, and this was summertime, my my two stepchildren were here visiting. And I was like, wait a minute, I can't work Monday through Friday. And I thought about my business. Like, wait a minute, how am I going to run my business working till five o'clock? So that was my my final straw. It's like, I've complained. I, I wasn't happy there for the last three years. And that was like my last straw. And I said, you know what, I'm done. So instead of taking the promotion, I declined the promotion. And I was like, I'm done. 
Um, and once I had the follow-up meeting that Thursday and I was like, I will not be here Monday at eight o'clock and not till five o'clock. She's like, but this is the position and you know, I kind of don't have a say, so that's the schedule. So I was like, okay, cool. I went home and never looked back. <laughs> they called me and asked me if I was coming in and I was like, I am not, I'm done. So yeah, it, it wasn't the, the, the greatest goodbye, but nonetheless, it was a goodbye and get riddance and it has been beautiful since. That's funny how like you'll take a job and you'll get a promotion and then the job description never matches up with what they hire you for. Like, No, no, not at all. Not at all. That's funny. So walk us through the moment that you knew you wanted to be like an event planner and a wedding coordinator. Um, I mean, there, there are so many moments, um, I, I literally have been doing this for like a decade that I, I can't really pinpoint that exact time. Mm-hmm. Um, I will just say that after doing one voluntary event, almost, um, the energy, um, the love, there's so much love in weddings there's Mm -hmm. so much excitement and joy in events um I think after the first event it was just wow it's just it's just something I, I I just can't explain um I grew up where we've attended baby showers not weddings baby showers so I've never really been to weddings and then going to a wedding working a wedding um it was just the most beautiful thing I've ever been a part of. Um, the energy there was something I've never experienced for it to, um, for it to have been an event that wasn't my family and my friends. It was just something that came over me and I was addicted and I was hooked. And it was like, how do I do this again? How do I be a part of something like this again? Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't have a time. It's just, I have times and that particular time, my first time, was was it for me. Do you have a favorite event that you planned so far? I know that's like hard to think over 10 years. It is. Um, I, it's, it's, it's tough. Um, every wedding I've ever done, every event, every client I've had, we're like family now. I even have a, a Jewish uncle now. It was the bride's uncle. He raised her. He was basically like the father of the bride. Um, mm-hmm. I did this wedding and he added me on Facebook and he's like, I like her a lot. How are you? How are you, niece? Um, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't have, um, I don't have a favorite. I just, have favorites. I have the not so favorites, but um, every event I've done, I mean, even your wedding, I mean, every event I've done, um, it's like being around family and I meet all the family and all the important people in this person or this couple's life. Um, I've enjoyed them all. Yes, you truly have a gift because I know I did event planning for a little bit, but the families uh, drove me crazy. So yeah, that's when I knew I couldn't do it. 
Yeah, you know, I um, I I was um, I was mentoring um, this newer coordinator. She's been in business since I think June last year, and mm-hmm. she was just crying, sobbing. Um, she hasn't done a wedding yet, but she's she's working on her first wedding now, and she was sobbing over um, the mother of the groom, and she's like, she's just so mean. And I was like, you know, it's just one of those things that you just have to remember that it's not personal. Um, how this person, these people, how they were before they met you, they were already like that. So you were just Mm -hmm. somebody that kind of came across them. You know, you cross paths with them and you're the target for now. And then somebody else, they'll move on to somebody else to make miserable, but it's not personal. Um, I've had a mother of the groom. She was really, really rude. Um, and, you know, the, the couple wasn't a traditional couple. They didn't want to toss the bouquet. They didn't want to do a garter removal. And I just remember the mother of the groom saying, well, aren't you a coordinator? Aren't they supposed to be doing that? And I was like, well, they prefer not to. Yeah, but aren't you aren't, aren't you supposed to be knowledgeable enough to tell them that they're supposed to do that? And I was like, honestly, no, it's their wedding and their rules. And if they like it, I love it. So they don't want to do it. So you're a coordinator and they're missing stuff. And I was like, nope, but if you need a drink, uh, mom, uh, mother of the groom, I was like, if you need a drink, you let me know if you need anything at all. You just come, come holler at me. And I walked off. So it's like, I'm not crying about that. It's okay. It's not me. You know, she's not mm-hmm. mad at me. She's, she is who she is. So I don't take those things personal. And that is just something that you have to remember. It's not personal. That's true. That's really good advice. Yeah. And that's with anything. I mean, even if you, in passing at the grocery store, it's not you. This is, they are who they are and you be who you are and move on. (laughs) Absolutely. So after you left your job, what was your first actionable step in taking your business to the next level? You would laugh. Um, I pay for marketing. (laughs) I paid for marketing. Um, I paid for ads. Um, I hired a business consultant, something I've never done. I feel like I know it all. Um, I hired a business consultant that charged me quite, quite a fine penny for one hour of his time. Um, and I bought, I, I purchased, um, this wedding software and it has been a game changer. Um, that software, this, this amazing software that a lot of coordinators here in San Diego are just not doing yet. Um, the software and that business coordinator was the best, the best I could have ever spent my money on. And it changed my business. Um, during COVID, during a pandemic, um, right. changed it <laughs> immediately. Ooh, so the, the consultant was worth the money? He was worth every penny, although he wasn't exactly what I was looking for, but he ended up being something that I needed. I had um, changed my business from um, an LLC to an S corporation. And I was looking for a business consultant to consult me on how to decide is an LLC more appropriate or an S corporation or what should I do? And so I hired him for those purposes. And he actually sucked at that. Like, he's like, well, uh, I'm an S corporation. Yeah, I'll just do an S corp. And I was like, but how do I know? I, and he's like, oh, you can probably Google. And I was like, what? Um, but then we were talking about like my business. He did an analyst on other coordinators within my um, area, within the industry. And he's like, hey, how much are you charging? This is how much they're charging. Why aren't you charging that much? You've been in business. How long? Why are you charging this? That's paying yourself dollars, pennies, you know? And so um, he was perfect for what I needed. It just wasn't what I was looking for, but it, it actually ended up working out really well. Have you encountered any setbacks with um, going to this industry? 
Um, truthfully, I think setbacks as of right now, or just in the last year or two, has just been COVID. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, COVID was a setback in the very beginning. Um, just based on the fact that, you know, I'm rescheduling brides multiple times um, because they want their special day to happen. They want it to happen as soon as it can. And we just don't know. Yeah. Um, But other than that, I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like because I've been doing this whole time for the last two years, um, I'm still a baby, you know, so maybe I'm just not noticing versus having a full-time job. Um, as that backup, I've never noticed it before. I've never, ever noticed anything. Um, I think the only setback that I can think of is something that just pops out to me is just um, naturally within this industry, we work on the weekends, we work on all the holidays. And uh, just, I think I I worked my wedding anniversary. Um, I worked on Valentine's Day, you know, I worked on my son's birthday um, one weekend. But um, other than that, no, I, I, there's just so much growth in this industry, the wedding industry. There's so much growth. People are getting married every day, um, whether it's the courthouse or at a luxury, you know, venue. Um, so no, not, not, not that I could think of outside of COVID. Okay. Well, that's, that's a blessing. One, <laughs> a lot of people have setbacks when they first become entrepreneurs, um, but I, can I mean, see I why think the financial aspect. Yeah, I, I think, I think you know what it is too? I'm I'm extremely optimistic and I'm just always thinking, I always see the sunshine. Even when it's raining, I can see the sunset like way in the in, in a distance. So mm-hmm. um, it could be that. It, it could be that for sure. Okay. What's one pivotal lesson you've learned so far? Um, I think for me, um, I think something that is just very important for me, um, a lesson that I learned is just discipline, discipline, organization, Mm -hmm. and knowing your worth. Have you had clients like decline because you raised your prices or are people willing to pay what you charge now? So the the funny thing is, um, my business consultant, uh, his name is Jim, Jim was Mm -hmm. like, Nani, today's the day. And I was like, no, 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 today's not the day. And he's like, yes, it is. He's like, we're doing this now. And he literally raised my rates a thousand dollars beyond what I charged. And I was like, Jim, I don't think he's like, Nani, I, I crunched the numbers. I'll send you links. Today's the day. He's like, I challenge you. Today's the day. The next phone call you get, you give them your rates because that is what you are worth. And either they will pay it or they will not. He's like, do you want every client or do you want the right clients? Mm. And I was like, oh my God, I want the right clients. Yeah. Right. You can't be away from your family for a few pennies and you can't be away from your husband and your house that you spent all that money for. Right. And I'm like, Jim, you're right. And I was like, but what if they say no? He's like, if they say no, I'll give you a month for free. And I was like, done. And coincidentally, I um, I answered an email while I was on the phone with him. I sent an email and I was like, hi, here are my rates. And he's like, okay, cool. How do I pay the deposit? And I was like, what? What do you mean how you pay the deposit? To what? Wait, what? <laughs> and it, it and I mean, this was August last year. And he was like, we're doing this. And I did it and it worked. I couldn't believe it. And so um, I I know this sounds very strange. I have, my, my booking 
rate is 100%. Every person I've ever done a consultation with, they've booked. Um, I have only declined, and this is in, the, in, in 11 years, I have only declined two clients, um, one just a month ago and one back last year in December-ish, November, December. And those two reasons were, um, one, it was, you know, one of the clients, um, she wasn't ready to book, but mm -hmm. she wanted me to find her venue first. And I just can't do that. Right. And she's like, well, I, I want to book you, but I just want to see out of you and this other coordinator who can find the venue that I'm looking for. And so I said, you know what? Um, I appreciate, you know, you reaching out to me. I'm honored that you chose me. However, I'm going to, you know, respectfully decline because I, you can't pin me against another planner. I mean, we're, we're all in the same industry. And so I can't do any work until I'm booked. So I declined. Mm -hmm. Um, and then just recently, because, you know, my prices, you know, were um, increased since August, um, I just came across um, this other client um, last month and we went through our Zoom call. I showed her the portal or this planning portal that I have. And she was like, I love you. Where did I pay the deposit? And I'm like, hold on, let me send you, you know, the two quotes and let me know if you want partial or full. And as soon as I sent her the quote, she called me and she was just like, oh, I just really love you. The rates are kind of high. And I was like, hey, you know, maybe just consider partial. She's like, no, I want you full time. I want you to go everywhere. And I was like, okay, well, just let me know. She disappeared for two weeks. She came back. Oh, is there a way we can do a payment plan? I'm like, sure. Broke the payment from two to four payments. Then she mm -hmm. called me again. Can I pay half of that half? And I was like, oh, I just, I can't. I'm so sorry. And then she's like, okay, I'll let you know. And then she disappeared again for another two weeks. And then just last week, she's like, Nani, I tried to find another coordinator with them at rates. They're all horrible. They suck at communication. I really want you. And I'm like, hey, well, you know, you have the deposit information. You have payment methods. Let me know. And she disappeared again. <laughs> so <laughs> when she texted me yesterday, I was like, you know what? I just don't think it's a good fit. Um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't want my bride's dress. I don't want her feeling like her coordinator is a bill collector. I want her to just focus on planning and right. having that, knowing that, you know, the rates are a little out of her budget. I don't want to stress her out. So it's like, you know what? Hey, I don't think it's a good fit, but here's a referral for someone that is a little more affordable and she's just as great. And done. that sums it up right there. Cause yeah, I know when I booked you, I was like, oh, great. And we paid right on top. It was just so easy. It was such a You're seamless so process. Like, and I, I know I just referred you to a friend of mine getting married, but I was like, everyone from my wedding was just like, your wedding coordinator was amazing. She was so nice. She was so helpful. Blah, blah, blah. All the vendors liked working with you. Well, minus the flower vendor, but yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she was whack. But um, yeah, everyone loved you. Like I remember my best friend was like, does she travel to Tennessee? I was like, I don't know. And then she ended up booking someone else who was not that great. I ended up doing that wedding myself. Uh, but <laughs> Yeah, I do was, travel. Oh, you do travel. Good. Now that I know, I'll be yeah. recommending you to travel. You know, sure. I am. You know, I'm thankful. I'm glad this is recorded because I need to run it. Let me see. We're at 30 minutes. I need to run this back for my husband. I'm like, babe, come here. Listen to this. Do you hear this? <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but, but thank you. And thank you. It's 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 rough. I, I just met a couple from Arizona. They um, drove down here over the weekend and it was my first time meeting them in person. And I mean, they were just so sweet. And, and they just kept saying, you remind me of my childhood best friend, but you're like a coordinator version. And I was like, oh, okay. 
you're definitely a people person so that's good for the business that you're in so you started nani's events and then you have another business right called marry me yeah i just yeah so um i have about that yeah so um marry me sd um i love i've since covid and all of the weddings have been you know kind of pushed back um i have been doing a ton of proposals it just mm-hmm. kind of happened last year, October, I did one and then one rolled into two, two rolled into three. And now there's seven now. And I've just been doing a lot of proposals, I think once a month. And so um, I had actually rented these large marquee letters from a vendor that I worked with very closely. And I just wanted letters that were just a little more modern um, in, in font. Um, mm-hmm. It's just a little bigger. And so I was like, you know, I've been using these letters, paying this vendor every month. And I could just do it myself. And so I thought about it. I looked at the pricing. I contacted a few vendors. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to look into it. And why not? And I just kind of took a leap. And I went ahead and purchased the marquee letters. And I am... um, I kind of created Marry Me SD for people that want to do like destination um, proposals, or if you're in the, in town, or even if you, if you live here, um, right. if you want to, you know, if you want your proposal to be a proposal and to be grand, and you want these really nice secret locations of San Diego, like I am the one. Um, and because I do event coordinating and wedding coordinating, you know, um, the uh, vision is endless. Um, candles, petals. Um, sparklers, I mean, anything that they would want just to um, make it a little more special um, is why I wanted to do that. Of course, I could do it under non-events, but I just feel like um, I wanted to separate the two um, because I do have other businesses. And so if they just want the letters, they can just rent the letters. If they want a full Mm -hmm. proposal, they can do that too. But that allows me to allow my staff to do that all by themselves and we can do two things at one time, which happens a lot um, with the banquet hall, my wedding coordinating, and that they sometimes overlap in the same weekend. And so um, I will have an event booked at my banquet hall and I'll have a wedding at a completely different location in a completely different city. Um, so I you know, can kind of just schedule staff where someone can open the door, security is scheduled this way. I'm here in Hamul, but everything is still you know, kind of... Um, um, everything is still running and, and working and circulating at the same time. So I just wanted to break it into something separate um, just so that I can expand and also expand my staff. Oh, nice. And so you said you also, like, you're the founder of the Hidden Gem. So do you yeah. own that location? Or? So I don't own the location because I, I don't own the property. Um right. I had ended up, I, I say founder because the building was already there. It's on this huge property with the, with the church. There's, there's a church mm-hmm. in the very front of it. And then this really cute little small uh, building with this beautiful outdoor area, this beautiful tree that I love. And um, I stumbled upon it with my mom one day. My mom is a, a, a member at the church. And she's mm-hmm. like, yeah, they have this building down there. And we, you know, we don't use it. We use it for lunches sometimes, but it's just down there. But I want to do my birthday party there. She's like, you know, let me know how we, how we can do my birthday party there. I'm like, yeah, sure. So I ended up talking to a contact there and they're like, um, talk to this person. Then that person said, talk to this person. I ended up talking to the, the pastor, which is the owner of the property. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hey, what were you thinking? And I was like, well, 
I was thinking about doing a birthday. You know, he's like, well, how long do you want it? And I was like, I don't know, all day. He's like, okay, um, how much did you have? And I was like, well, how much are you charging me? He's like, I don't know. And I was like, you know what? Let me put something together for you and I'll get back to you next week. So next week comes, we meet. And I was like, hey, here's my proposal. How about this? I'll pay you X amount of dollars. Um, I will rent it out as a banquet hall. Um, here, here's the pricing. Um, these are the rules and regulations that I think would keep the venue safe, keep your property safe. Um, what do you think? And he was like, you can do that. I was like, yeah. He said, you can rent it out. Oh yeah, of course. And I was like, the only thing is, uh, we should upgrade the chairs. Let's buy some white resin chairs and let's do this. Did a grand opening three months later. And here we are three years later and we are booked and busy. I mean, thanks to COVID, we're not now, but, um, booked and busy with COVID. We've been doing smaller events, which is what we are now allowed to do as of like a few weeks ago. But um, yeah, I, I just did it. Um, I recently just um, did a photo shoot with Davis Bridal. Um, I'm just, you know, kind of waiting for the pictures to develop. But it's like, anytime I have an idea, I just do it. And it's like, if it works, great. And if it doesn't, cool. Um, I was at Davis Bridal with a bride and she found her dress and she said yes to the dress. And then I was back there again the following weekend. And the manager was like, hey, you're a coordinator, right? I'm like, yep. She's like, oh, we see you all the time. You know, thanks for bringing your brides here. I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? Um, and I went home and I was like, man, I need to up my marketing. I told you, I'm just, you know, trying to move forward with this marketing thing. And I'm like, you know, how cool would that be? Do a photo shoot with um, four models, David's Bridal's dresses. And I could be like, Nani times David's Bridal. Like that is bigger mm-hmm. than life in my industry. And so... I was like, you know, the manager would be like, you can't use my dresses. And I was like, dang, how much is it going to cost? And I was like, you know what? The next time I go through with the bride, I'm just going to ask. And guess what? The very next weekend, I was there with the bride, three brides in three weekends, and they all bought their dresses. And I was like, hey, what do you think about this? Would you be, a, what, what do you think about, you know, partnering up? Um, if I could, you know, have, um, have four models, wear your dresses, we'll do a photo shoot. It's marketing, cross-marketing your business. And it's helping me with my business and just really showing like that unity of a coordinator and their, and her brides. She was like, oh my God, I love it. Let's do it. And I was like, are you sure? She was like, oh yeah. How much is it going to cost us? And in my mind, I'm like, cost you? What is it going to cost me? You know? And she's like, let's do it. And so she's like, um, I only have next weekend. And I was like, dang. So that's, I mean, that's not a lot of time to so find four models, um, different shades, different shapes. You know, I, I want my models not to be, you know, skinny and, 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 and Caucasian, you know, I, I want a variety. So we put it together, we did, we tried it and it came together and we did it. <laughs> nice. Congratulations. Yeah. It just, you have an idea, you just do it. What is Absolutely. the worst that can happen? I know I'm transitioning into that mindset. So that's really good. Yeah. Instead of thinking, what's the worst, like what's the best that can happen out of this? Exactly. What is the future for you and your business? The future for me and my business is, um, as of right now, I am now consulting with my business consultant on uh, luxury weddings. So I am... Yeah, I, I want to go luxury. So I have been um, taking courses. I've went through so many certifications with budget, finances, um, wedding management. I mean, just so many, so many different things. Um, but I want to elevate into luxury weddings. And so I am basically just taking the certification on luxury weddings, um, learning about different wines and learning about, you know, the different cuts of meat and what wine goes with this and what goes with that. Who's the top um, 
wedding industry leaders, um, who's the top fashion designer. I mean, I am in transition right now of going luxury and not just luxury, but um, I also want to just, I want to retire into a venue. I want to own the, the venue, own the property that it's on, and I want to retire. I'm gonna, I want to put, you know, provide a job for my kids um, to work at the venue until, you know, they want to go and do their own thing. I want to, I, I just want to build. I want to retire with the venue and I want to go luxury. Ooh, I like that. So before I let you go, we're going to jump into the advice around. I'm going to have three questions and you just answer the first thing that comes to your mind. Sure. What is one thing that you feel helps you find your purpose? Following my heart, following what I want to do and not what others would like me to do. Hmm. What is one piece of advice you would give to a black woman who is in search of her purpose? Never stop. Never stop. And again, if you have an idea, if you thought of it, you can act on it. If if it's an idea, do it. Act on it. Do it. What is one goal-oriented item you do daily to keep you on track with your purpose? I am a creature of um, setting goals. So I, and it probably sounds really funny because we have a lot of technology. Um, I have a notepad and I use this notepad for all of my consultations for my initial meetings with clients. And on the very first page of it, I have my goals written down and I have three goals. And within those goals, it just says, you know, obtain this, obtain that, research this, obtain that under each of the goals. And I just make sure that with everything that I'm doing at the end of the day, I am crossing something off every quarter. Mm. So not just saying, oh, I want to do floral floral arrangements and I do nothing nothing floral related. Um, I'm actually taking a, a florist uh a floral uh, course right now. And I have been practicing through proposals because it's a smaller scale and I can um, throw those florals in there with the, with the decorations and design. Mm -hmm. So it gives me really good practice so that, I mean, it's just writing your goals down and writing down the steps of these goals and measure where you are. And you have to keep crossing these things off. So you're not staying in that same um, so that you're not staying um, stagnant and you're not staying in that same spot. You have to keep going up. Even if there's 18 things on there, even if you get to step three, at least you're not still at one. Mm-hmm. I'm such a pen and paper person too. Me too. I mean, literally like paper. <laughs> pen yes. and paper. So lastly, where can everyone find you on social media? You're too kind. Um, I am um, at Nani Events um, on Facebook, um, Instagram. Um, my Mary Me SD is literally at Mary Me SD on Instagram. Um, I, I'm 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 there. Nani events. I, I'm there. You could Google Nani events. I'm there. <laughs> great. Well, it was so great having you in the chair and getting to learn about your journey. I am honored, Whitney. Um, just even the gesture, even the thought that you had of like, oh, I should ask. I mean, I, I'm I'm honored. Um, who? Who wouldn't want to, you know, share their thoughts with somebody that's asking you? I mean, imagine mm-hmm. the people you meet and you're like, hi. And they're like, hey, so um, I drive this. I have this handbag. I got Gucci shoes. And you're like, hey, what? I didn't ask all that. Um, 
And for someone to ask you about you and 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 ask about your world and and what you do and what you love, I mean, I I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'm honored. Hey, Queen. Thanks for listening to the Black Woman Unfiltered podcast. If you enjoy the show, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other Black queens like you, who are searching to hear stories about Black women finding their purpose and owning their truth, find the show. If you want to hear more from me, follow me on Instagram at Black Women Unfiltered Podcast. Also, check out the website at www.blackwomanunfiltered.net for weekly episode recaps. As always, have a great week.